Back again for another episode of End to End. Me and Joe are with you for the ride, and uh, we got some news to talk about in this episode because it's actually breaking news. It happened during the week, and it surrounded your team, uh, Joe, the Montreal Canadiens, and they did something that you expected, but not much other people expected in the hockey world. So let us know what it is. So after a loss, to, a crushing loss to Ottawa, which was the most bullshit call I've ever seen for a non-goal, where, to give some context, this literally cost uh, Coach Claude Julien his job, where a goaltender interference call, very questionable, was called against Montreal. They would have won the game 5-4. Instead, they lost 5-4 in shootout, and then... As a result of that loss, Claude Julien was, and as well as associate coach Kirk Muller, was were fired by GM Mark Bergevin of the Canadians. And right now, Dominique Ducharme is the interim head coach, so he hasn't been named the full official head coach, because this is his first coaching job in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense to give him the interim tag right now to see what they could do. I mean, they've lost two games since he's coached, but that's definitely not his fault. Like. They went to overtime last night because we're recording this on Sunday. Yep. They should have won yesterday. Hellebuck's done on his head. The first game is the first game. I mean, it is what it is. So it's definitely not on Ducharme, the last two losses. But this episode is mostly going to be focused on the futility of this team. Yeah, like, obviously, uh, like... I don't know if the plan, like I heard like a few, I think days ago that the plan was to groom Ducharme into the head coaching job. I don't know if that's a great idea. Um, I don't know what your thoughts about that are. Yeah, I, I like from what he's done previously in the NHL, he's won. So he was the coach, the QMJHL coach of the Halifax yeah. Mooseheads that won the Memorial Cup. He had uh, Nathan McKinnon and uh, Jonathan Duran, who he has right now on that squad that won the Memorial Cup. He won World Junior Gold with the Team Canada Olympic Junior Team. And he's won basically everywhere he's gone, but he's not established. So, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know too much about him in terms of his style. Like, he's already made a few lineup changes here and there. But, again, like, he was just hired on Wednesday. He's had maybe one full practice with this team, and they've played already two games. So their next game, I believe, is against Ottawa. That's where I kind of really want to see if there's a difference in how they play. Right. Because he has made some lineup changes here and there. But, like, mostly it's been similar to what Julian had installed. It's I got to look at the special teams mostly. Like, their power yeah. play has been brutal. They mm-hmm. scored on Thursday a power play goal. but And their penalty kill needs work. Their penalty kill was decent last night. They allowed a goal near the end of uh, one yesterday. But... Overall, yesterday, their penalty kill was better. They were more aggressive, which I, I found was a lot different than Julian. So I'm not sure what to think of Ducharme right now. It's too early to tell. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea if he'll be the head coach full-time like after this season because right now, Bergevin supports me. basically said it's his job to lose. And I like Ducharme. Like, he, he's a more progressive coach. He's not old school. He'll adapt yeah. to new style of play in the NHL. Like... I gotta believe he'll he'll play Kakanyemi more minutes than Dino hopefully soon because <laughs> Dino sucks ass right now, and he doesn't. And yesterday him starting in overtime, I knew they were gonna lose a hundred percent, and they did in the first minute. So, um, I I just hope he plays guys a bit more or like 
kind of like I don't want to know playing so much. Like I know he's a shutdown center and he's still decent at that still, but his offense is is zero right now and he's <laughs> playing the most ice time on the team in terms of center. Maybe Suzuki's right there, but they just need like okay, Josh Anderson wasn't in the lineup last night or and he left the game early Thursday. So I think he should be back early next week. So that was a big blow because he, he's a spark plug for that team. When he's mm-hmm. skating, they play a lot better, in my opinion. But I just hope he kind of plays the young guys a bit more, gives them more opportunity. Like, he, like Suzuki already has a lot of opportunity, and he's been pretty decent overall this season. Not exceptional, not bad. Mm-hmm. He's been kind of hit or, hit or miss, but he's still developing. He's still a, a good two-way centerman right now. It's more getting... Like Kuk and Yemi going a bit more because he has potential. Like when I watch him, he has the potential to kind of make great plays. I think he just needs better wingers than Armia in terms of finishing Armia and like Lekkinen or like maybe have Toffoli back on his line or play like Toffoli Gallagher with Kuk and Yemi. Like I, I want that line a lot right now. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah, for me, like I clearly think it's a decision from management to kind of put the new wave of coaching ahead of the old wave in terms of Claude Julien playing that old style, I guess, not stubbornness, but like, you know, like you said, playing to know a certain amount of minutes more than your younger guys. And I think Ducharme's going to be one of those guys who's going to play the younger guys and obviously know what he has to do, right? So I think it's like it was a surprise to me that he got fired, but yeah. at the end of the day, if you are clearly doing the same things you were doing before and it's not working, and obviously they went to a tough stretch, someone's got to go. So, I mean, I don't think Ducharme is the head coach for the future. That's just my opinion. There's better guys out there in the free agency market in terms of coaching, but we'll see what happens this offseason. Do you think a real hiring head coach comes in the offseason or? Like there's some guys, there's Boudreaux, there's Babcock, who more most teams want to stay away from. But I think there's a bit of better cat talent out there in terms of coaching. But what do you think? Yeah, like again, I have to see how Ducharme does. So I can't judge yet. Like we can when we do episodes later in the year, then I can kind of make my decision on it. But like, yeah, I would like a Gerard Gallant or like a Bruce Boudreaux yeah. in there because those guys are older in terms of their age, but they're progressive as well. Like. Galant getting fired in Vegas was the stupidest thing that ever happened. Like it made zero sense at the time, and the fact that he's still unemployed, it like kind of like I don't understand it at yeah, all. Yeah, it's surprising. I, yeah, it's very surprising. Like it's just weird. But the only problem with Montreal, of course, is that you have to speak French. And yeah, you know, Gerard Galant, you would think that name sounds French, but he's not. <laughs> Neither yeah. is Barbecue Bruce. So that's the only thing that'll hold them back. But unless they start changing those requirements where they don't care anymore, but I don't see that happening because it's, it's very stupid. Because it yeah, limits, it is. It, it very stupid. It limits the what coaches you can actually hire and good ones at that. So it is annoying. But again, I have to see more from Ducharme. But realistically, I would like like a Gerard Gallant. But, yeah, that'd be that'd be good. Like I heard the name uh, Guy Boucher, but no, no, please no. <laughs> yeah, I'm he's not old, too he's, sure. He's old school. That's yeah. why, like, I don't want more old school anymore. This is just the NHL in general. Like these guys have kind of the games passed them by. Like Claude Julien's still a, a solid coach. I the reason I kind of saw it coming is because the way that they were playing, 
was exactly how they were playing when they went on two different eight-game losing streaks last season. So Bergevin said, okay, I, I added wingers for you. I added a backup goalie. I added Edmondson. So a little, like, beefed up the D core and the forward core a lot. And they're still, like, losing and all this. Like, it was just a matter of time, in my opinion. So that's why I saw it coming. Like, I literally said Tuesday, if they lose tonight, he'll get fired. And they did. And that's what happened. Yeah, that's right. Like, can't really do that again, right? And you don't want to get into that area. And you're right. Like, he gave them all the stuff he needs to kind of be competitive. And they're not right now, at least. But They don't have a star player, obviously, in terms of forwards. Like, most of the North Division. North Division is very good in terms of forwards. They don't have that. They roll four lines there, so they're balanced. But them adding like a Toffoli, Anderson, those are they, and they've been huge for them this year. Then you add Edmondson to solidify the decor, and Jake Allen has been sensational this year, way better than Price. Don't get me started on Price, but and then they're still like losing and they're not playing well, and their special teams is, are bad. It's like mm-hmm. it was time. No, I think that the special teams is like. It may be an underrated factor, but it's a big factor when your team is not scoring on special teams. And that's what Montreal's been doing for the last couple of years. They haven't been scoring on them. Yeah, so. that's Kirk Muller. So that's why he was fired as well. <laughs> yeah. and, and they brought in Alex Burroughs to kind of help with that, who was assistant coach with Lavelle last year. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's clearly a young shift in coaching. Like, obviously, like Ducharme's what, under 50? Yeah, he's like 45 maybe. Yeah, and then Burroughs is, I think, end of, like tail 40. end of 30s or yeah, something, like, 40, something, something like that. Like so, that. yeah, clearly a young wave uh, kind of wash in, in Montreal. But hopefully it works out. I may want to see them succeed. But the guy in net, do you have some question marks about him? I know we had a, um, a question last year with Flegger, I believe, and a hot take. It was, will Carey Price be on the Habs roster next season? And we both said yes, me and Flegger, because you asked a question. And, well, he's still on the team. And I don't think he is going to be moved from the team anytime soon because that contract's just too big. But your thoughts on uh, your boy, Carey? He's been brutal. There's no other way to describe it. I can't defend him anymore. He's just not the same guy. Like, two years ago, he was. Last year, he was not during the season. But in the bubble, which was literally a few months ago, he was amazing Mm -hmm. again. Like, that's the vintage price in that bubble. Obviously has an asterisk because they weren't supposed to go to get in there. Anyways, it happened. They beat out Pittsburgh. So, and he was good versus the Flyers too. So, uh, like I just I don't know what to say because like we saw it so recently how good he can be and he's been like he's literally cost them games this year big time. Like no, that Winnipeg one on Thursday. Well, he cost them the game a hundred percent. It was terrible. Even the one versus Ottawa, not the uh, the shootout one. He that. Brady Kachuk fourth mm-hmm. goal that can't go in on an ECHL goalie. <laughs> Never mind an NHL goalie making ten and a half million. I don't know what to think. Like he's not the same goalie anymore. It's sad to say because he was dominant for so many years. He's not elite. He's barely a average goalie right now. It sucks for me to say, but it, it is what it is. It's it's the truth. Unless he somehow like they start riding Allen more because Allen was. I mean, he didn't have to do much yesterday. Uh, it's not his fault they lost, obviously, because he only had 20 shots, but, like, he was not going to stop. I mean, the second goal was just a random scramble. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Anyways, Allen has been great for them all year. I think they're going to ride Allen a bit to give Carey either tons of t- practice time with Stefan Waite, the goalie coach, to figure out what it is. 
And hopefully Stefan's like, get rid of those goddamn fucking <laughs> red pads, please. Because every time he wears them, he's horrible. Every time, doesn't matter when. In the bubble, he did not wear them and he was solid. So I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> yeah, Go no, you're right. Go back to your white ones, please. Like, for the love of God. Yeah, you're right, though. Like, they should be riding Allen a bit. Like, he's playing clearly better. And yeah. when your backup's playing better than the 10.5 million goalie, it's it's a bit concerning. But, you know, I think Price just needs some rest. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he clearly got rest heading re- into the bubble. I think it's just a reset yeah, more than something a rest. Like, that. like, they have to just fix, like, his mechanics or something. Like, I just don't know what to, what it is. It's not rest because, like, he's not playing like he played last year. It's like... Mm-hmm. He's overthinking, overplaying pucks. <laughs> like it's like he's anticipating him, but then the other thing happens, and he's out of position. And he looks bad. Like it's just stuff like that. And it's like you, for a veteran goalie like that, it's like they're it's all mental. So like mm-hmm. they have to just fix his mechanics because he's still athletic enough to make great saves. He still makes some great saves here and there, but he lets in a bunch of bad goals too, which is the problem. It deflates the team. Yeah, that's the worst part. But, yep, I agree with Allen. Maybe next game he plays and then see what carries up to. But, yeah, you need to kind of – the tire is not falling off the cliff here. Like, the 18-wheeler is not falling off the cliff here. It's just you got to kind of reset, like you said, and kind of dig deep and hope for the best and kind of, I don't know, for the end of the season, kind of make a run. So, yeah. I, I think the Habs are not in the worst position ever. But, I mean, yeah, it's not great in, in Montreal right now. But – I think we can move on to another subject, and this is another team we keep talking about, and there's so much buzz around it that we have to keep talking about them. It's the Buffalo Sabres because, wow, um, last week has been, needless to say, rough for the Buffalo Sabres yet again. I can't tell you how many times I've said that word associated with the Buffalo Sabres in the last 10 years because they haven't made the playoffs in, what, a decade or something like that, and the buzz around Skinner, he's been scratched three straight games I think he was playing last night, actually, but he's been scratched three games prior, and he came up with a quote saying that, I'm not going to learn anything from watching the game I've been watching for almost 20 years now. And he's probably right, but at the end of the day, you're making $9 million. You have to have more than one assist mm-hmm. for making $9 million. And then I don't know who to blame on either side, Ralph Kruger, Jeff Skinner. Like, who do you, who do you, who's in the blame right now? I think it's everything, like, I don't, I think it's Kruger is number one. I know it's tough to say another coach in Buffalo is under the hot seat, but it's the truth because ever since Kruger has gotten to Buffalo, Skinner has been terrible. Like there's a direct correlation there. Like he just does not like Skinner, and Skinner does not like playing for him clearly. And then like Taylor Hall, like what the hell has that guy done? The guy banked on himself. He might get like a one year one million next year at this rate. The guy's one goal, or maybe two. Yeah. But no one it's i don't even know what to say they don't have they have so much promise especially this year i know they were in the, a tough division like the east is is a very tough division but like they can't score period and they have like jack eichel and taylor hall sam reinhardt victor olofsson you know jeff skinner like you have some guys there you have you have like you know dalene on the back end yoki haru montour ristolainen like you have guys there that are like you you would think would be better than they are, but they're just not at all. Like mm-hmm. they, I don't know anymore. Yeah, like I just want to keep talk, stop, stop talking about this team because it's the same story every time. They're not scoring. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. And we always talk about it in our chats and when we're together. Like Jack Eichel is clearly going to ask for a trade this summer, but 
on the other end of the spectrum, I was listening to Overdrive, and Jeff O'Neill said that, like, he should be the last guy complaining right now. He has two goals. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand right now. Like, obviously, you're upset. You're the best player on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have two goals, man. Like, you gotta have more than that, man. Like, yeah, he's not pulling his weight. So, but it's the same thing. Last year, he came into the offseason mad and angry and stuff like that. And then you're a GM. Like, I think he's done a good job. He got Taylor Hall for you, dude. And obviously, that's not working out right now. He has one goal, like we just mentioned. So, so I don't I don't know. Like, Victor Olofsson, a seventh-round pick, has been their best player by far this year. Yeah. Like, that's... I don't know what to do to do in uh, Buffalo. And then Allmark is down for the next month. That is not good. That's not a good sign because he was carrying the weight for that goaltending in Buffalo. So... Mm-hmm. Yep, I don't know what to do with the Buffalo Sabres anymore, but they're in a hard division, but there's no excuse when you add a guy like Taylor Hall to your roster. Eric Stahl, even that too. But I don't know. This team is, once again, sellers at the deadline. And I don't know. It's it's, it's actually annoying now because I want to see Jack Eichel in the playoffs. But yeah, don't think will happen rate, this year. Yeah, at this rate, he will be for another team starting next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoever can afford him. Like, we, I don't know what teams can afford him, but we'll see. So, yeah, I have no idea. Especially with his cap hit, you have to make the money match, too. Yeah, and they and then Buffalo has a lot of money tied up in stupid players. So, yep. that's also why they're kind of arse. But, anyways, that's it for the Sabres. We talk about them a lot. But another team who's doing bad is the Dallas Stars. Wow. I mean... <laughs> We talked about it before we entered the podcast. They had they were five and zero to start the year, and they have one win since. So technically, they have one win in two months of hockey because Essentially, obviously yeah. they got postponed, and you know I don't know, but one win in two months, like what? Come on, like <laughs> they are currently lost in their division, which includes the Red Wings. Now I know they've only played sixteen games. The Red Wings have twenty three, but that's like pathetic. And I know yeah. they have like Sagan's hurt. Bishop is coming back soon, but I mean, Bishop's not the problem. It's the scoring that's the issue with this team. And if they're not on the power play with Joe Pavelski scoring like he's 25 again, then <laughs> this team's not doesn't go anywhere. Yep, yep, I agree. Like, Pavelski has 20 points in 16 games. That's incredible. But like you said, the scoring has been an issue the last couple of games. I remember they started hot uh, in the scoring kind of column for the stars and since then i mean guys have not been performing like i think after pavelski at 10 goals the highest goal scorer is uh Gurianov with four and i think he had like three in the first two weeks so uh, okay <laughs> yeah that's that's an issue <laughs> but they need to go, get going i mean like ottinger's playing good kudobin's playing good but like you said scoring is the problem for the stars right now it's an underrated storyline considering you said yes they're in last in the division but they have games in hand so at least they have that, but yeah, that's an issue right now. And a lot of teams have issues in the league. A lot of teams have good issues in the league. I don't, I don't know. Like I think the bad outruns the good, right? So yeah. we got to keep talking about the bad. But I think that's all our news that we have, unless there's something else that we need to talk about. But no, I think that's it. Those are the main points this week. We could actually, you know, what? You want to talk about the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, sure. I was actually just going to say it. <laughs> yeah, because they've been, like, um, honestly, like, this is the most exciting wild team in our lives. Oh, yeah. Like, easily, I would think. Like, just the way they play, the players they have. It, it's been so fun to watch. And I think they've won, like, five in a row or something. Or six in a row, even. But 
they are very exciting and uh, we'll get to one of their guys soon enough in our awards section but what do you think of the wild so far this year yeah they've honestly like kind of surprised me i didn't think that um and like i didn't think talbot would be good but let alone like kakanen like he's yeah. playing more games so mm-hmm. he has a 915 he's 84 and 84 and 0 i believe and yeah he's been good and then Obviously, some players are in, like, ruts on their team, but some players are actually in good streaks right now. And Matt Zuccarello has been on fire since returning to the wild lineup. He has 11 points in seven games. Joel Eriksson-X has been good. Jordan Greenway. And then, obviously, I think we could get into the um, the Hard Hat Award segment because this guy is leading their team in points as a rookie, Kirill Kaprasov. So... Uh, Kirill Kaprasov has been lights out for the star or stars uh, the wild this year and that's like an understatement because he's been really good five games played last week three goals five assists eight points uh, plus seven and he has a 37.5 shooting percentage in the NHL and the NHL's last week of play right now so like he's been one of the most exciting players to come from Minnesota I've heard comparisons to Marion Gabrick when he was there as a rookie so that's that's honestly really good for the Wild. I'm really proud of them for finally getting a player like this because we haven't seen one in the well, past couple of years. So yeah, yeah. So no. Kaprasov is my hard award. But do you want to say anything on the Minnesota Wild before you get to yours? Yeah, like Kaprasov has been like as advertised. Like he had so much hype going into this year because he was basically like supposed to be the savior of the Wild, and he basically mm-hmm. has been so far. And like he looks good doing it. Like his there's so many highlights of just him and his skating and his edge work in the offensive zone and it's like so fun to watch and like he just makes everyone around him better and he's he's a winger like he's not he's a center he's making like everyone around him better he's at he's getting more assists and goals as a winger which is good so he's not like you know he's not one of those guys where he needs someone to produce or to get him the puck he could get his own shot he could give everyone else some help on his lines and stuff so he's been awesome to watch yep for sure agree I'm I'm also going to go with another uh, Russian player for the hard hat. And I don't know if we had him last week or maybe two episodes ago, but it's goaltender, once again, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Andre Vasilevsky, who is having easily the best season of his career this is year. He? Yeah, I think, like, if I go to his actual stats. Yeah, let's go to that. I want to see two. Like, he is, which is saying a lot. That's the thing. Yeah, because considering he has a good season before, yeah, he's won the Vezna. So he actually is. So he is currently, in 16 games played, 12-3-1 with a 9.38 save percentage. Wow. Which which is his highest of his career by, like, 13 points. And he, I don't know what his goals against is 1.75, which is, the, wow. again, the best of his career by a lot. Like, yeah, by far. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah. So he's been literally sensational. Like, so that for my hard hat, they played three games this week, won all three. He had a 9.75 save percentage in those three games, including back-to-back shutouts. So, I mean, I have this guy on my fantasy team. He's looking like a steal at eighth overall. Yep, and and he's been like literally lights out this year, and he's played almost every game that Tampa's played except for maybe two or three, I think. Yeah, I think McLaney played two. Yeah, not sure, maybe three, maybe three, right? But like, yeah, he's been he's been lights out this year. Like, did you have him winning the Vesna? I did in our quarter awards, yes. Yeah, so 
Yeah, he's clearly kind of, I think, I probably surpassed Grubauer right now for mine because mm-hmm. Grubauer, I think, is one and two in the last three. And then obviously Vashtovsky has freaking two shutouts, three and oh. So he's been good. So yeah, that's a good pick at uh, eight. So. Yep, so he's my hard hat award winner for the week. Want to get into the uh, golden plunger? Yeah, let's get uh, let's get right in and dive in. <laughs> All right, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. We talked about him at the top of the episode, so I'll just explain why this team is in your golden plunger. So let's give a, f- a quick flush of the toilet before Joe goes. And yeah, you could uh, get going. All right, so obviously we talked about them most of the episode, and that is the Montreal Canadiens, who have got went 0-4, all right, technically 0-2-2 this past week, and uh, they have not looked good doing it for the most part. Other than last night, they played really well. Last night should have won, and they technically should have won versus Ottawa on Tuesday, but they didn't play good enough to win, in my opinion, so they have not played well. They have no confidence right now in terms of, just like the swagger that they had the first 10 games of the year. They've been terrible basically the last 10 games of the season so far. Hopefully they have some days to practice, get some systems right with the new coach, and they start playing a lot better. Even if they play better, I just want them to just do better on special teams specifically. Like If that could be better, they'll easily win a few more games just right there. Just having a better penalty kill, a better power play, that's not the bottom third of the league in both categories. So you're not going to win many games with that. So they're my plunger for this week. And they they haven't been good the last two weeks, to be honest. So they're my plunger for this week. Yeah, and then we'll shift things into my golden plunger of the week. And it's a team that's not supposed to be anywhere close to good, but come on. When you lose six straight games like the Anaheim Ducks are doing right now, that's an issue in that division where it's the weak bottom half, and they've lost to the Sharks, the Wild, the Wild, the Coyotes, the Coyotes then postpone against Golden Knights, and then an overtime loss last night versus the Golden Knights. So, I mean, I didn't expect the Anaheim Ducks to be good, but when your leading scorer has 13 points in 21 games, like I know it's Max Comtois, a young guy, but... Where's Ricard Raquel? Where's their defenseman? Where's Ryan Getzlaff? Where's Silverberg? They have less than double digits in points this year. That's concerning, <laughs> again. And they waved a guy, Adam Henrique, who scored his fourth goal of the season last night. So that is, I believe, second in scoring. And they waved the guy <laughs> for not putting up points and play good, playing good. So... I know they have young guys. There's nothing to worry about there, but six in a row is tough in a division. Like I mentioned, that is a bottom week half, but there's many guys to be said that's on the block for the Ducks, and I would totally agree with them moving some of those guys for even younger players and draft picks. Like, Ricard Raquel's been out there. Silverberg's been out there. And I've even heard Ryan Getzlaff has been out there. So I don't know what they're getting back for these guys, but they have not had good years whatsoever. The only player in that squad who has had a good year is John Gibson. And you know what John Gibson is. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL. You pluck him on any other team, he's just as good as that goalie. So, But the Ducks have been really bad. And Trevor Zegers made his debut uh, this week. So, I mean, he's pointless in three games. But did you really expect points from Trevor Zegers on the Ducks this year? I don't know. They can barely score themselves. So. Mm-hmm. Ducks are uh, my golden plunger. I, I don't think I'll be seeing the get, them again on the golden plunger just because they're that bad. But yeah, 
They're 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 so bad. I don't know why Dallas Aikens is the coach of that team either. Like he has done nothing in the NHL, and he can just yeah. continues to get like opportunities. Like he's yeah. like, just an AHL coach. Like that's what he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's never translated anything to the NHL, and they've arguably been worse. Who was there before Dallas Aikens? Do you remember? Was it Randy Carlisle or was that? I think it was, I think it was actually the GM. It was Bob an interim Murray. head coach. Okay. Yeah, he was the head coach last year at the end of the year because they fired Randy Carlisle. Okay. <laughs> so it was him. Okay, Bobby. They're not looking good. No, I just don't like Dallas Aikens as a coach either. Like he does like he gets so much praise for like stuff he does in the AHL, but like dude, it's the NHL. Like mm-hmm. he's done literally totally. nothing in the NHL, even though he hasn't had great teams to be fair, but he hasn't made them better at all. Like No. The Ducks. And he's gotten every scared. opportunity, like you said. Yeah. He has. Remember in Edmonton? Yep. They had like, you know, Taylor Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov, Eberly, Justin Schultz. That that whole like core was there. Yeah, yeah. That he did nothing with them. And that's essentially like a older AHL team in terms of like young guys in the NHL, get young players, did nothing there and he still gets opportunities. I just don't get it, but Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, they're bad, so whatever yeah. yeah no one cares about the ducks right now except when they wear their uh reverse retros yeah and they haven't freaking worn them yet nope <laughs> so they're not being paid attention to as much as i would like them to but lots of players on the block for them i could see them being moved just what for i don't know we'll definitely keep tabs on that um yeah. we could go to what you say and i know we have nothing written down in the doc but i have one unless okay. you have one no i don't have one if you have one that's great <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Jason Derula got us going here. What you say? And the what you say of the week is going to be what happened last afternoon game. Uh, Mark Giordano hit Connor Brown, and this is what he had to say Connor, to Connor Brown when Connor Brown got up from the ice. So did you did you hear this quote before? I don't think so. Like. So no. the reason, the reason, there's some backstory here. The reason why I put this, so Mark Giordano um, hit Connor Brown, as you just heard, and he's like, you got to hit the gym, man. You got to hit the gym. So well, the reason why I picked it is you actually have the same membership at Lifetime Fitness. Well, you had the same membership at Lifetime Fitness, and you've seen Mark Giordano, I think, multiple times, right? Or you and your friends have seen them. And yeah, yeah that's just funny because that guy's a beast in the gym. So yeah. That, yeah, that's actually a good one. I I completely I don't think I've ever I didn't hear that quote about Connor Brown, but yes, he should be going to Lifetime like Mark does. Uh, <laughs> the guy ripped Lifetime. Like the first time I saw him was, I want to say six years ago for the first time. He's with his personal trainer, so I I had a fam- like I was ninety five percent sure it was him, but I didn't <laughs> want to go up because he was like doing like circuits and stuff, like sweating his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> And he's bald, so it's like <laughs> it was pretty funny. But he like I just don't want to bother him. But like I literally like I I then they're like the trainer's like well yeah Mark and I'm like okay that's him. So yeah. I didn't get a picture because it was at the gym. It's public. It's kind of awkward. And I believe like when he was at Lifetime because he's from Oakville, Ontario, which is like ten minute drive from where both of us live. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had an injury that year, so he his season was cut short, and I think he was rehabbing. Oh, yes. So that's why he was at home. Instead of, in, I guess, maybe in Calgary, his place in Calgary, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
maybe that's why like I saw him a few times that summer because I've ne- I haven't seen him since there at that lifetime since then but I think it was because he had that injury to his like yeah. bicep or something yeah it was like an ACL maybe yeah yeah something like that like with his knee or it was his bicep or something so he was probably rehabbing in Oakville at the time because that's where he's from yeah that was the year the uh the Calgary Flames went to the second round and he yeah. missed all the playoffs so yeah yeah that was that year yeah 2015 so because yeah so it was six years ago yeah, at least he's making gains, though. I mean, the guy's yeah. a fridge. Yeah, he is a fridge. But, like, you would, on the ice, he looks a lot bigger. But when he takes off his equipment, he's not, like, like huge, like a huge yeah, yeah. jack guy. He's just really, really toned and, like, <laughs> fit. Yeah, I would, not, I would not want to go in the corner with that guy. So no. that's why Connor Brown got the talking to on the ice. So <laughs> um, we can move into the Battle of the Buds. So this is our second last segment of the episode where we picked uh, teams during the week and i missed out on a game this week because it got postponed that was the golden knights and sharks so i'm going to be picking four games this upcoming week and going back to last week now i was one and one and joe you were one and two and man i picked that Sens game versus the montreal Canadiens. so in my next week picks i am going for revenge for that game <laughs> and then you're going for revenge you're not going for revenge you're just pissed because the red wings freaking beat the predators and sam gagne scored a hat trick yes and, and then the, the previous game, game the preds won yes in the wrong game i picked because <laughs> they played twice that week tuesday mm-hmm. and thursday i picked the tuesday game which they lost and then gagne scores the hat trick in the thursday game yeah, so i was not crazy. happy yeah that's yeah that's what it's gonna happen this year with the battle of the buds but going into this week i have a record of 11 and 5 you have a record of 9 and 8 so it's actually like pretty close. So I got four games this week. One of them is a revenge game for me. I'm picking the Canadians at home to the Senators on March 2nd. Let, let's get a dub here, boys. Come on, you need to get some please, momentum here and please, get revenge. Please. Yeah. And then on March 3rd, I'm going with the Bruins over the Capitals who are at home. Then on March 4th, I'm going with the Devils who are home to the Rangers. And then on March 5th, I'm going with the Blues who are going to the Staples Center to take on the Kings on March 5th. All right, so those are, those are your four games. I'm going to be sticking with three just to make things even again. So I have the Blues visiting the Ducks. We just ripped on, on <laughs> Monday, March 1st. So the Blues are visiting uh, the Honda Center. So I have the Blues winning that game. They just won a wild, wild game Yeah, last I watched night. that game. My God. Yeah, I, I uh, caught some of the highlights. And we kind of didn't talk about this. We could talk about this after Battle of the Buds, but we could talk about the Blues a little bit, specifically mm-hmm. their goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have Blues at Ducks on March 1st, and then I have the Red Hot Minnesota Wild at Vegas. So this is kind of like a wild card game. I always like yeah. picking one of these games where you could go, I kind of pick the underdog. So I have the Wild winning in Vegas on March 3rd because they've been really hot. I think they could win that game. And then this one should be a slam dunk, but <laughs> it could not be. I'm not sure because Blackhawks have been uh, kind of feisty this year. But I have the Lightning in Chicago on March 4th. I have the Lightning winning that game. Yeah, you have all the away teams playing, so yep. you're hoping for some uh, home disaster. It's not really a home game, I guess, this year, but it's still it's still a home game, but yeah. yeah. So solid picks all around. Yeah, we can we could definitely get into what happened last night. So the San Jose Sharks lost 7-6 to the <laughs> St. Louis Blues, and the weird part about it is it was 4-3 when the goaltender for the uh, the St. Louis Blues, Jordan Binnington, got pulled from the game. And I was watching this, and I was like, 
how the hell are you pulling him at four three? Wouldn't you pull him at like seven three? Like yeah, like, but, like you know your coach like thinks you're playing like ass when you're pulled literally in a one goal game. Yeah, no, he was he was playing really really bad and he deserved to get pulled. But going back to the actual like m- like problem or story and. Jordan Bennington got pulled. He was going to the bench, and obviously the away goaltender does not sit at the bench in the SAP center in San Jose. So he went to make a, a U-turn, and he hit one of the San Jose players. I think it was Radic Shimmick, the defenseman, because I guess they were chirping him as he got pulled. So he went and put, blockered him right in the, in the chest. And then I'm like, okay, he's going off, he's going off. Fakes a punch at Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson's like, what the hell? So then Dubnik meets him, the goaltender for the Sharks, meets him at the hash marks in the San Jose zone. And then he starts drawing with Dubnik and hits Dubnik. And then finally goes off the ice as he's pulled. I know you are not the biggest Jordan Bennington fan anymore as that cup run was the peak of Jordan Bennington. But your thoughts on that display of anger? It was just so stupid. Like, dude, like, you're playing like ass. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why you're getting pulled in a one goal game. Just kind of, like, take your shit and go to the locker room. Like, mm-hmm. your team ended up winning. I guess it sparked them, even though it was still a shootout after that yeah. pulling. But, uh, yeah, like, this guy is just so such a cocky guy for a guy that has all he, all he did was, was hot for six months. He was solid last year during the season. Not 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 like how he played it uh, in that playoff run. So I can't say he can't achieve anything because obviously he won the cup. Obviously, yeah, yeah. so I can't chirp him about that. But it's more like, dude, you're like 28 years old and you've played like maybe 60 regular season NHL games. Like, chill out, man. Like, you just arrived and you act like you're like Martin Brodeur out there when you're pulled and shit. Like, and he's he's had this complaint about him for a long time too mm-hmm. from sources that he's always been a cocky guy and like when you're pulled it, it humbles goalies obviously they don't want to get pulled i know they obviously get pissed but you gotta you at least mm-hmm. like slam your stick or something after you get off the ice you don't need to punch players on your way to the tunnel like yeah. bro like it's not that serious like it has shit happens i mean it just like I'm not a huge fan of him because he's so cocky and he's yeah, barely he is, yeah. been in the league. That's only I know he has a cup. I know I know, but like he hasn't been the same since that run. He was terrible in the bubble last year, and he hasn't been great this year either. So that's why I'm not really a huge fan of him. Yeah, it was really dumb when I was watching. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like I've never seen a goalie get pulled and have to. I guess punch his way through to getting to the locker room. Like, I don't know. And they, you know, the funny part about this game is they still won the hockey game. San Jose yep. is so bad, man. Like, they're horrible oh defensively and goaltending wise. I, I can't remember the last time the Blues have scored seven goals in a game. Like, they don't score and they scored seven goals. Like, man, like, the Sharks are bad. So. That was that was a weird moment that happened last night. Hopefully we see it again because that gets you that gets the NHL stirring the pot. So I love yeah. to see that stuff emotion. But like you said, Joe, he hasn't really had a good season um, lately, and yeah, he's got to get it back on track if he wants to uh, be kind of the starter again. Because Vili Huso is not good, and I think they're not going to be relying on him at all. That's why he's not playing much. But yeah, yeah, he's got to he's got to get going. But. Um, that's Battle of the Buds. That's the talk about the St. Louis Blues. Do you have a Joe Spicy Meatball hot take this week, though? I do, but 
we everyone is gonna think that's gonna be about Montreal and it's not just because I've done it to them already a few times, <laughs> especially with Price. Like right now, I could say, oh, Price could be taken by the Seattle Seattle cracking the expansion draft. <laughs> I don't see Seattle taking that contract. To be perfectly honest, unless they really want his name value on the team, again, I don't think that's gonna happen just because of that of the contract mostly. But I will have one for Buffalo, who we constantly okay. talk about. And obviously, it's going to be about Jack Eichel. So mm-hmm. my spicy meatball for this week is that Jack Eichel will be traded to a team in the Western Conference this offseason. Hmm. So any team in the West. Not these new divisions, like the regular ones. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah okay, not like the sense. West of this year. <laughs> Just like um... the Western Conference. Yeah, that's kind of a tough one because, like, hmm, there's there's a bit of, eh, I don't know. Like, the thing is about where if he gets traded is he obviously wants to go. Maybe it's not a contender he goes to because, like, those teams are basically locked up and set in stone in the top six. But it's definitely a team that's capable of making the playoffs. And in the East, I think all the teams are really, honestly, like, filled out, to be to be completely fair. I mean, I don't know if someone makes a splash here or there, but... I, I can't see him going to a Canadian team. I just can't. No, but no. I don't see it either. I'm I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes because the at West could use some of the teams could use a Jack Eichel player. Like how perfect in the state right now would Minnesota be with That's Jack Eichel? That's what I was thinking. Like they have the uh, prospects too right now. They have pick, mm-hmm. abundance of picks to get the deal done. They probably would have to move some money around, which is possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I suggested it. Cause I'm looking at the Minnesota wild right now without a true number one center. And if you have him, Jack Eichel, bring in Jack Eichel with Kaprizov as your first line duo in the West. I think that'd be really cool and exciting. And then somehow maybe you keep Marco Rossi in a trade. Maybe. Yeah. Unless you, I, yeah, don't, you I, to, I don't know what that'd be sick. And like, for example, like they can give up. I don't know who like they get. They would have to give up like one of their D, mm-hmm. like probably like Brodeen for sure, probably as yeah, like yeah. an actual roster player, you know. So they'll ha- have to lose pieces, but I think they have, they've acquired enough draft draft capital. I don't have it at the top of my head, but they probably could move up like two or th- or three first or whatever it is, two first or whatever it is to Buffalo. And it's out of sight, out of mind, right? Like when you when you're trading a, a star player to the other side or the other conference, it, it's a lot easier f- for you to take a deal, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. A lot of big blockbuster deals are mostly cross conference, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it would. I, it's going to be very interesting to see because I think it's hundred percent happening in the in the off season. Whether it happens at the beginning, the middle, at the end of the off season, I don't know, but. Clearly, there's something that's going to be stirred up here in the offseason. So, I mean, Minnesota's a really intriguing team. Like you said, they don't have a number one center, number one bona fide center. So, that's like a perfect team to acquire Jack Eichel's presence in the lineup. But all the other teams really have like really solid top sixes. So, I can't really see them acquiring Jack Eichel unless it's like one of the bottom teams like Arizona, Los Angeles thing. But I don't think he wants to be in a situation again like that. So... But yeah, I'll say I'll say um, yes. I'll say yes because why not? It's, it's Joe Spicy Meatball. Why not, boy? Okay, good. So, um, 
yeah so that's it for end to end episode i believe what is it seven seven of season three so we talked about the montreal canadians we talked about the dallas stars the buffalo sabers obviously we got into our awards um on my standpoint i'm going to be releasing the top three fantasy players tomorrow so that'll be out tomorrow you are obviously continuing to the power ranking so is there any shifting movements that are seismic quakes in your uh, power yes. ranking article one of them is obviously Montreal, who will see a dramatic drop. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, there's some other teams that have risen. Minnesota Wild have risen. That's pretty pretty big, I would say. And those are the two main ones. The rest, you could see when I publish the article tomorrow, because I'm working on it right now, and it'll be out mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, hopefully, or tomorrow afternoon. So that's what I'm working on right now. Yep, and then... I guess one more thing I have to kind of say is I haven't been writing like just like hockey articles for the breakdown as of late just because of busyness and stuff like that. But some underrated storylines that we could be writing about is like the free agent class and the RFAs that are becoming because I think I'm going to do an article on the two free agents. One's an RFA and one's UFA on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. And that's Dougie Hamilton and Andre Svechnikov. Those are two big free agents for them that they have to sign and they have to sign them both long term i'm going to kind of predict what the money's going to be maybe we could work on it joe but i I, this is that's a fascinating thing to look at this offseason because it's pretty underrated considering nobody's talking about it yeah i i I actually mentioned it in my article about them i said (laughs) i basically say for caroline i'm not going to say where they rank but I basically say, like, yeah, they're rolling right now, but they got two big questions in the offseason <laughs> that could change yep. the outlook of the team, and that's Dougie Hamilton and Sveshnikov. That's such a coincidence that we <laughs> talked about it now, and I actually mentioned it in this week's Power Rankings. Yeah, it popped in my head yesterday just watching them, but, yeah, it's that's an underrated one that we really have to keep eye on. So I think that's it from you. All right, that's it from me as well. N10 will return. Next Saturday. Join us. Woo!